Hey, this is Jen again, and this is episode or entry number six of Diary of the Brokenhearted. And today I want to talk about the dreaded topic of anxiety. Um, I've mentioned anxiety many times in uh, multiple different episodes, but this specific episode will be all about anxiety. So if you don't want to hear it, you can shut it off right now, I guess. But if you want to hear it, you know, journey with me on this one. Um, anxiety, um, funny enough, is something that I had to discover on my own. Let me explain. So, um, since I was a child, I was a nail biter. I didn't realize why I was a nail biter. Um, something happened to me as a child, um, that I'm not comfortable about talking about yet, but one day I will. Um, and... I feel like it was ever since that incident or incident or moment um, that I became a very anxious child. Um, I would always bite my nails constantly to the nub. It was really painful and <laughs> hurt my hands. Um, and it was it was the thing that I would do and I would do it subconsciously. I wouldn't even notice. I would just have my, my fingers in my mouth. And I'd be biting my nails and all that kind of stuff. And I would even realize my mom tried everything humanly possible to get me to stop. She even put, um, <laughs> she even put like jalapeno and stuff on my fingertips to try to get me to stop. She tried this thing called bite knot and it was disgusting. But I would kind of like lick it off and like just still keep going at it. So it just, it really didn't work. Um, but... Where am I going with this? I'm just trying to give you some background of where my anxiety began. Um, little by little, as I went through life, like I talked about in different episodes, um, perfectionism was the thing in the back of my mind constantly. So it was, um, that was uh, another cause of my anxiety. It was the, I need to be perfect. I need to look perfect. I need to um, speak with excellence and perfection. And I can't screw up. Because if I do, then everyone will, I don't know, hate me or be disappointed in me or whatever. So anxiety was like a thing always um, in the back of my mind in, in, um, in my life. But I didn't know it was called anxiety. Um, like I mentioned before, growing up in a Hispanic home, uh, mental health is considered nonsense. And, um, <laughs> and it's the whole, but you have Jesus. So what are you so worried about? Plus you have everything you've ever wanted in your life. We give you the best. You live under uh, our roof. You get fed. Like you literally have every single thing you could possibly want. And e even the things you don't even need and you're, you're getting it all. Um, so why are you anxious? Like there's no point purpose for you to be depressed or anxious in any possible way. Um, that's a lie, by the way. Um, anxiety um, is something that can happen to anybody and everyone in their lifetime. Um, it's something that you kind of experience because of like the constant unpredictable things in life. Um, you can develop anxiety. It's not something that is always a chemical thing. Um, at, at times, there are people that some of their mental health issues are a chemical thing. And for some other people, it, it's more of a like, 
situational things. So it's based on what's going on around them. And that could be triggering as well. So I, again, like I said before, lived under that thing of like, I have to live a perfect life. And if I screw up, then that would make me anxious. And seeing the people around me mess up would make me extremely anxious. um, Because I always felt like I was going to lose my salvation if I made a mistake. And that was, that's that to this day, sometimes it's still the worry I have for other people of like, will they, will they make it? Like, (laughs) will the Lord still take them to heaven after what he saw them do in this world? And the answer, I don't know, because the Lord's the one who is sovereign and he's the one that, um, makes the final decision, not me. And plus, um, he forgives all, especially if it's for coming from a sincere heart. So that's not, yeah, that's not go there. That's not up to me. But, um, the thing is like, I always had this thing where I constantly hoped the best for everybody. And whenever they didn't fit into that best or they didn't follow, you could say the trajectory of what would get them to this best, um, that would freak me out. Um, (laughs) and I started to lose hope and I started to get scared. Um, and then of course that made my anxiety like heightened. And what most people don't realize is that, um, anxiety is actually the gift of discernment empowered by the wrong spirit. What I mean by that is that you can have a discern, you could have discernment, which means that you, uh, the world calls it premonition, but in it's actually the correct word for this discernment. It's this feeling that something is off. And it's this feeling that, you know, that that's something um, needs to be done. Like, or you just have this knowing inside your heart that God has put there of like something's up and something needs to be addressed. Um, and when that is empowered by the spirit of fear, when it's empowered by fear, it becomes anxiety, which is why anxiety, um, which is why a lot of people that are anxious, um, trust their anxiety. And I know this is going to sound a little weird, but they trust their anxiety because, um, a lot of things that your anxiety is telling you actually has hints of truth in it. Um, for example, when you have this feeling that something's off about someone and they're doing something or they're they're doing something against you, but you just haven't been able to put your finger on it, and then you search and you search and you search and you find evidence to back up your anxiety, it's it's that. It's you're driven to find the reason why your anxiety is correct. So therefore it's being empowered by fear. It's in being empowered by worry um, to the extent that you will find the evidence. Um, I believe that anything that you choose to believe, you will find evidence for. So you'll be able to back up anything that you believe because of the fact that any lie or any fear will find evidence for it to exist. So your anxiety will find anything possible to make you feel secure and in control of you knowing a situation, if that makes sense. What I'm trying to say is anxiety is a form of control. Anxiety is definitely a form of control. It's a form of, uh, how do I say it? 
false reassurement. How about that? That works too. It is a form of false reassurement. It it makes you feel so sure about something that you believe it to the extent that you, once you discover its pieces of truth, um, you will constantly trust your anxiety instead of trusting other people or instead of trusting God, um, instead of even trusting yourself sometimes. Because a lot of times, like, um, I can see red flags, for example, and um, my anxiety is telling me that there's there's red flags. But at the same time, like, my mind is going, nah, it's not a big deal. Like, it's not, it's not like a thing. It's fine. And then when I find the evidence, my anxiety does the whole, I told you so stuff. And again, it's empowered by fear and worry. And that's why it's constantly on your mind and it's constantly replaying over and over and over and over again. Um, and you start to lose hope. When you're someone that's very anxious, you start to lose hope. Um, hope feels like a false reality. Um, there's a quote by Lisa Turkhurst that says, hoping doesn't mean we ignore reality. <laughs> no, hoping means we acknowledge reality in the very same breath that we acknowledge God's sovereignty. And that was something and has been something that's extremely difficult for me because I can't like, again, hoping makes me feel like I'm ignoring what's happening in front of me. Like hoping makes me feel like, oh, but like if I put my hope in, in an outcome or if I put my hope in something, then it'll definitely like not happen because anxiety has proven to me multiple times over and over again that it's always going to go downhill. And the thing is, it's because I'm putting my hope in the wrong place. Legit. If, if you're putting your hope in people, people will always change and fail and, and totally mess up. And if you're putting your hope in um, circumstances, those will constantly change. So definitely a bad place to put your hope. Um, and for those of you that are listening that are not believers, and I, I'm going to tell you, I know you're going to hate hearing this, but put your hope in God. God seem, nah, seems to be, I don't like using that. I know it makes me sound doubtful, but <laughs> God is the only one that you could actually put your trust in that will not fail you. And let me also address that because this is the thing. God won't fail you according to his word. What I mean by that is that he will do everything to ensure that what he has said comes to pass. Whether it happens the way you wanted it to or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like the thing is, a lot of the times I'm like, oh God, I'm so disappointed and you disappointed me. And and then I was anxious and I was like, my anxiety was right. And, and then you failed to do anything about it. But it was literally because of the fact that God doesn't live according to my determination of what's good. God doesn't do things according to my definition of what's a great outcome or what the outcome should be. He doesn't ask me for my opinion on how a situation needs to go. He doesn't. He knows what's going to happen. He knows how it's going to go. Yes, I co-labor with God. That means I work with God and I, I, you know, get to 
uh, be a part of like what the solution might be one day. But that doesn't mean that the solution or whatever I'm working towards is going to look exactly like the way I thought. It's actually going to look the way he thought or he, he said. And that makes me anxious. <laughs> ah! Yeah, it makes me anxious. Okay. Um, like, again, like I said, anxiety is a false type of control. It makes you believe that you have some control because of the fact that you were able to determine things before they ever came to pass. Because um, people that are anxious, like I said, it's the gift of discernment that's been empowered by fear instead of faith. When your discernment has been empowered by faith and it's been empowered by hope and it's been empowered by peace, it believes that no matter what you were, what you discerned and what you figured out and whether the evidence is there or not, the outcome is in God's hands. Let me say that again. Discernment empowered by faith, peace, and hope in God allows you to still see what's happening, still get you could say the evidence that the world is throwing at you, that nothing is going to happen and that nothing's going to be right. But your discernment, when empowered by faith, believes that the outcome will be good because it's in God's hands. While when you're anxious and your discernment is being empowered by fear, then it's all about you controlling the outcome in the end. Instead of allowing God to have it in his ha- in his hands. Because sometimes, um, can I speak to the prophetic people? I'm going to speak to the prophetic people. Um, for those of you that don't know what that means is, um, <laughs> no, they're not psychics. Um, the world thinks people that are prophetic are psychics. No, there are people um, called by God to speak his word. So they're not psychics. But anyways, um, to the prophetic people. Sometimes we use our anxiety or sorry, our discernment as a weapon because we're anxious about the outcome. What I mean by that is when you discern something about someone or you know something about someone that God has told you, sometimes we use that to gather evidence on how we should intervene when sometimes God just told us because he wants us to pray about it and help battle for it not necessarily to be anxious or carry people's problems and that was always my issue it was like as soon as I discerned something as soon as I knew something was wrong not was it still kind of is my issue but as soon as I knew something was up as soon as I knew something was wrong I just went straight into anxiety because my brain went so this stuff is happening so the world really is falling apart So I should fall apart with it. (laughs) So I should carry it on my shoulders and do everything possible to try to save as many people as I possibly can. Again, hero complex, which is something that people with anxiety may have as well. Sometimes your anxiety comes from the fact that you have a hero complex. You know, I had to say it. That was me. Like, or not, sometimes still is. That my anxiety sometimes stems from the fact that I have no control of the outcome. So I'll grab what I know and use that to try to like, you know, save the world, I guess, or save a person or whatever. 
I don't know how to say that. I don't know if this makes any sense. But to anybody that's listening and it's making sense to you, then this was for you, to be honest. But yeah, anxiety, like I said, is uh, is discernment completely, completely run by the wrong spirit, completely wrong, uh, run by fear and control and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, like, you know, even even God experienced Jesus, sorry, experienced anxiety himself. You know, that uh, moment in, um, I forgot exactly where it was, but there's a moment where he's crying out and he's asking God if, if this cup could pass him. And he's asking God, like, if there's another way to possibly have the same outcome, but not with the same ending, you could say, or with the same, sorry, not the same ending, with the same um, act that needed to be done. So pretty much like saying, please don't let me die so then we can save everyone. And, And in that moment, he was so anxious that he sweat blood. So I do believe that in that moment, it was him relating to all of us that suffer from anxiety because it was the I am God as well but in this very moment I actually have to give up control and that was like the anxious feeling of like I fell in love with these people and I know I want to die for them and I want to I want to have all of them as my children but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to leave them yet. Like, just the thought of me dying in three years is the weirdest thing. I don't, God, no, no, thank you. You know, and Jesus' ministry lasted for three years. And it's kind of like this whole, like, I don't know what he was thinking in that moment. This is just me thinking what he might be thinking. But like him, like actually sweating blood, like that's how anxious he was that all his blood vessels bursted that's intense. Like that's a massive anxiety attack. (laughs) But regardless, like that didn't make him any less the son of God. And that didn't make him any less God. Just like it doesn't make you any less the child of God either. It doesn't make you any less um, a person of purpose, a person of calling, you know, so I I want to, before I close this off, I actually want to speak about that and break that off because who you are, what you've been called to isn't determined by your mental state or your emotional state. Yes, heal. Yes, look for help. Yes, talk to somebody about it. Please do. I don't, I, I'm tired of the stigma of everyone keeping it all to themselves, especially in the church and suffering alone to the extent where they don't know what else to do but take their own lives. And I'm tired of losing people in that way. So I really, 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 really want everyone to understand that you are called and you are loved. And regardless of anything, who you are to God doesn't change regardless of your actions, regardless of what you're doing, regardless if you want to take control or not. The thing about God is that he's extremely patient 
And even though I'm, I'm like grabbing onto these things so tightly and I'm holding them in my hands, he is legit sitting in front of me, just looking at my face, waiting for the moment for me to let it go. He knows it will happen one day or maybe not. I don't know. But he knows what's next. And he finds me worthy enough for him to sit there and wait for me to give it all up so that we can move forward. So anybody that's ever told you that God's not going to wait on you, that God is is going to walk by you and just kind of discard you like you're not worth waiting for, that's a lie. Because regardless of how much time it's going to take, God will sit there in the mud with you until the day that you decide, you know what, I'm tired of sitting in mud and I'm tired of being dirty and it's time for me to get up and it's time for me to be washed off and it's time for me to keep walking. He will wait for you. So in Jesus' name, I cover everyone listening to this. And I declare that regardless of your anxiety or depression, you understand that you are loved and that you are seen and that God is the most patient, the most patient, regardless of what you're doing with your life. I love you. And I will talk to you next week.